0: All right guys, welcome to today's show and joining me on the show today is my good friend Linnea. Now Linnea is new to hunting. I mean, she kind of grew up around it. She's got some involvement with it, information on it, but really it wasn't until this year that she got serious about it. And so on this episode, we're going to be talking all about an upcoming mule deer hunt in Utah. All the plans, preparation, gear, you name it. I'm super excited about this because we're going to tackle this thing head on. And not only is this her first Western hunt, it's my first Western hunt with a bow. And although maybe I'm not the one carrying the bow or with the tag in my pocket, I'm going to be learning all of this stuff right alongside her. So it's going to be a good episode. Let's jump right in. You're listening to the Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there, We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys welcome to today's show and joining me in the back of a bus of all places is my good friend linnea and she drew her first big game tag so we're going to talk all about what this hunt's going to look like how excited she is but first welcome to the show
1: thank you thank you for having me and we are finally together to do this and honestly this is like the perfect the perfect spot and the perfect time you know it all worked out
0: it did yeah and We've been we've been talking about this hunt ever since last summer. I mean, really, when we met, yeah, you had just got a bow. Actually, backstory: How did Do we, you
1: remember the first time that we ever talked? Yeah. Do you remember why?
0: Yeah, because your bow like blew up on you.
1: <laughs> My bow blew up on me because I was an idiot. Yeah. So that was how our this relationship started.
0: Yeah, we we got connected because we both got cast, if you will. That sounds a little too official. Yeah, it does. We both competed in a competition where we renovate R V or like there was a van team, an R V team, and a school bus team. And we were we were both on the van team. And so early on we were doing like Zoom calls or Skype calls or something, trying to figure out the planning and like what we're gonna put in the van. How how that's all going to work out, and pretty early on, I mean, it doesn't take long for people to talk to me to realize that I'm a hunter. And you were mm-hmm. like, "Dude, damn, do you, do you hunt?" And I'm like, "Yeah," <laughs> and you're like, "No way! I just got a bow. I got a Matthews," and I'm like, "Okay, she's pretty sweet. Like, <laughs> she got a Matthews, and she's getting into hunting. And so from then it was like, "Are you bringing your bow to gutted?" Uh, that's, the, that's the name of the event we did. And actually, the school bus we're in right now is the one from the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. We're at the premiere up in KC. so
1: It all comes full circle.
0: It really does. But, yeah. so you got your bow. Why don't you start by doing this? Because oh a lot of my listeners might not know you, although you're, like, super famous on social media. <laughs> um, why don't you share with people who you are, kind of what you do and maybe why you got into hunting
1: okay i'm gonna try to keep this short um so i so i live in a van i think that's an important piece to all of this oh yeah um so i live in a van full time with my dog and uh, basically, what I do is I travel, I vlog, I share my experience. Um, <clears throat> I used to do a lot of like fitness and health and, and kind of outdoor stuff and then transitioned into doing YouTube full-time when I did my van build because I did it all by myself, and that kind of just took off, you know, a solo female building her own van, and people loved watching it, so that just took off, and now that's what I do. I live in my van, and I am a full-time YouTuber, which is so like, it's still so weird for me to say that out loud and, like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. It's just so weird.
0: And when you tell people, do you get, like, the second question, like, but, but, like, what do you do?
1: Yeah. All the, yeah. they're like,
0: well, I mean, uh, sure, you make YouTube videos, but, like, what do you actually do for a living? And it's yeah. like, no, that is what I do.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I wish almost that you could, like, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you guys, too, where you wish that you could take people along and and show them you know it's not like I'm just traveling around and like have a camera on myself there's so much work and so much back end yeah. stuff and so much of the editing and the uploading and the connecting and like it's it's so much work but it is an incredible like it's worth it 100% because it allows me to do everything that I want to do which actually it's a great segue into the hunting stuff because my whole reason for being in the van and having the build that I have and, and knowing everything that I do know about my build and my home is so that I can do all the things that I want to do that I love. So for me, that is getting out in the middle of nowhere and just exploring and learning new skills and being out in nature. I um, spent a lot of my life backpacking and, and spending weeks out into the backcountry and there I think I'm sure you know if hunters are listening to this they will resonate with the fact that the decision to hunt if you weren't brought up hunting the decision to do that is is due to an accumulation of experiences and knowledge and connecting with people and challenging yourself and maybe challenging some ideas and so throughout my life you know, I, my family has always been very connected to the outdoors, and I think I have picked up a lot of like survival skills and um, respect for nature and processing small game and and all this little stuff from kind of through osmosis from my brothers yeah. because they they you know they did tracker courses and spent time just surviving out in the wilderness and whatever, but. I wasn't doing that necessarily with them. But I kind of gained this respect and like, oh, wow, you know, nature is this incredible, amazing, harmonious and non-harmonious thing. And that's like real life. Yeah, That's real life. The crap that we're living in, that's not real life. And so with the van and kind of my my love for nature, it's like I just want to get into the real world and learn about it. And <clears throat> I think a big turning point for me was... A, kind of feeling like I wanted more in nature. Like, you can be there and experience and love it, but I want, like, a little bit more of a connection. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. And then um, my – well, my ex-boyfriend, he was a hunter, and he introduced me to Donnie Vincent. And I know that we've talked about him a little bit. But when I started following Donnie Vincent and reading his stuff and watching his films, that – he, like – his words and his actions and his ideas just absolutely spoke to me and everything clicked and just made sense. And I was like, wow, okay, this is something that I want to learn. I know I have to take it slow and I know I want to be really confident before I do anything like a big game hunt and I want to learn a lot and have the right mentors. And so that was kind of the turning point for me to be like, okay, cool, this is, this is what I want to do. Now I need to change my build a little bit and get a bow and all this stuff. Yeah.
0: That, I like how, I like how you just said, I'm going to get into this, but I need to take it slow, Mm -hmm. but you're doing your first hunt is like a mule deer archery hunt. Like that is a tough hunt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you put in for that last year. Actually, we talked about doing a hunt last year, Mm -hmm. looking at maybe Arizona, Mm -hmm. things just didn't work out with that. But this year you actually put in for uh, a tag out Mm -hmm. in Utah. And it was only, like, what, a week ago, two weeks ago but that you I, found out?
1: Yeah. And you it sent it ago. to me. I was like, gosh! Yes!
0: I was so excited.
1: <laughs> I know. I was. It was really late at night, and I was. I had been checking my email all day. And um, Chris and I were in the bus, and I was just getting ready for bed. And I was like, oh, I'll just check my email one more time, you know, because there's a really good chance that you don't even get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I was so excited. I just screamed. I was like, I got one I got one and this unit is awesome and this is the one I wanted <laughs> yeah we were so stoked
0: that is that's really amazing yeah to draw a unit like first try is not very common I mean yeah. like you can play the point game and know which ones have like a hundred percent even with zero points but yeah the fact that you got it I'm super pumped because mm-hmm. we're going to spend a ton of time
1: because yeah.
0: I mean you're mobile already yeah Sam and I are going to be mobile at that point And so we can spend like the whole season out there chasing after mule deer.
1: Perfect.
0: It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be amazing.
1: (sighs) We're so excited.
0: There's a ton of people that listen who may be into hunting already but Mm -hmm. have never western hunted. Mm -hmm. And so I think this episode we're gonna focus a lot on like what are you doing to prepare? Because you do wanna be as prepared as possible. Mm -hmm. You don't wanna get out there and, you know, mess something up or I'm like I don't want to put your eyes are like getting bigger I'm like I don't want to put a bunch of doubt like fatally wound an animal and never find it no we're not going to speak about that but you do want to be prepared when you go out there you want it to be not necessarily like comfortable but like you want to enjoy yourself while you're out there you want to be successful you want to have awesome encounters with animals Mm -hmm. what are you doing right now to prepare for that
1: well um I'm talking to you <laughs> but also this is new for both of us yeah. so like we're both kind of preparing together but um I mean a big a big thing is like the physical aspect of it you know like needing to really buckle down and shoot every day and get my poundage up and feel really confident in that realm like the physical realm right but then of course the knowledge of of the um the landscape and the herds that are out there and understanding all of that and the way that they move and Um, I feel really lucky with the social media following that I have. I've had some incredible people reach out and be like, hey, here's what we learned after years of hunting this unit or whatever. And so I do have some incredible connections. And in that same vein, then with us having like time to be there, which is... Like we are so fortunate to have that because, you know, a lot of people that work a normal job, they have a weekend and then they go back to work and then maybe they can go out the next weekend. But because we have the time to be there and be on the land and both of us are very experienced in the backcountry, we can be like, cool. Like we'll see you in three weeks. We're going to we're going to go scout hard, you know, and be up in the mountains and and figure out what they're doing and where they're moving and where they're betting on all of that. And I think that's going to be so great.
0: It, I'm, I'm really excited because this will be the longest amount of time that like I could actively pursue an animal. I didn't, I didn't even put in for a tag this year because I was like, listen, if she doesn't get it, I don't want it. Yeah. Like we're going to hunt, we're going to find something to hunt together. Mm-hmm. And, and then if you do get it, like I'll be the camera guy, I'll be the meat packer. <laughs> I'll be the pretend scout and guide because I'm figuring it out just like you are. Yeah. But That's so much time to actually like get to learn the animals and get to see maybe the same deer yeah day after day Mm -hmm. and figure out like okay you know what they like this southwest facing slope in the evening and they go to the same general 100 yard area Mm -hmm. and maybe they don't maybe we don't figure that maybe we don't pattern a single deer but i just am excited to to watch and learn mule deer behavior and hopefully get you a shot opportunity
1: yeah me too and i think what's cool about that i mean we have kind of what we're talking about is we don't have to rush like yes i of course want meat you know of course i want to take home meat and fill my freezer and and prepare for some stuff that i'm doing in the winter but also it gives us the opportunity if we do you know come up on a herd or something and and learn about the animals, as individuals, we can make a really good decision of, of like, which one to take. Yeah. And that, that, that's the way that I want to do it, you know? I mean, of course, that's an ideal. Yeah. And not all hunts, and I, I would say even very few hunts go, like, as the ideal, but we have time to figure it all out.
0: Yeah? hmm what, what are you doing for gear? Like, you've got a lot of backcountry stuff already. Mm-hmm. Are you sticking with your backcountry stuff and... Like just throwing in some camo or are you changing anything up from what you normally take out?
1: Uh, I, so I really want to invest in in a nice kafaro tent for us.
0: I was just telling (laughs) someone about those last night.
1: Yeah, I I almost bought one uh, a month ago, but they were all sold out. So I would really like like an open bottom Faro tent where we could have a little wood stove if needed, because we're going to, I, I mean, I'd love to really just be out there and not have to come back to the rigs or, or a house or anything if, if that's possible. So yeah. having like a comfortable spot and place for all of our gear and, and to sleep and cook and all that. Um, so that's one of the things. And then I don't know yet about my pack. I, depending on how things go, I might get a different pack that, you know, probably work better for actually packing meat out, maybe fit me better, um, actually have my hunting gear in its own places. You know, it's just a yeah. normal backcountry pack that I've had for years, so I might make an upgrade to that. And, um, you know, I, I mean, other than that, I think I feel pretty settled. Yeah. Maybe throw some camo, yeah.
0: But. Boots. GF, good.
1: You know, I just bought some some good new boots. Good. They need a little bit more breaking in, though, before yeah. miles and miles in the backcountry.
0: I need to actually buy some, because I've got a great pair, and I've put, I don't know how many hundreds of miles on them, and so they're kind of, like, blowing out yeah. everywhere right now.
1: So what boots are you looking at?
0: You know, I don't, I thought about, like, upgrading to Kennetrek mm-hmm. or Schnee's or something along those lines mm-hmm. right now i've got danners and i love them mm-hmm. i mean i swear by them but people that talk about like kind especially they're like dude you put your foot in those and it's a whole different level yeah you know like one of my buddies he said he went out and put dozens of miles on the first weekend he had them. he's like i didn't do a break-in period he's like never got a blister really? it was like a freaking cloud hugging my foot and i'm like okay and I've talked to multiple people who swear by them. So hmm. part of me is like, yeah, I might, I might upgrade. I might check those out.
1: Yeah. I mean, with all of my time doing backcountry stuff, gear, quality of gear does matter. Yeah. Like, it matters, especially if you're spending long, long, long periods of time out there.
0: Well, to not have to worry about your gear. Mm-hmm. Like, not worrying that it's going to fail mm-hmm. or, you know, that you're going to get blisters all over your feet. Like, to know that you're going to be okay, that you have the right sleeping bag or pad or tent to withstand the elements that you're going to encounter, Yeah, that's all very important because then when you're actually out hunting, you're not worried about, like, dang it, I got to fix my tent when I get back. Mm -hmm. You're just focused on the hunt itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would be cool, I know this is taking a little turn from gear, but just thinking about being in the backcountry with all of our stuff and our knowledge I think it would be really cool to still try to, um, like fish for dinner. Yeah. And I don't know if there's, is there a bird season? Like, do they? Can um, you get any? You know, grouse you know? might be in yeah. season. That would, that would be super neat. If that's the
0: case, yeah, I'll just I'll bring like a twenty-two breakdown yeah. rifle or something. I've been wanting to get one of those. Have you seen them? The twenty-two no. like survival rifles actually they I think break down yeah, <laughs> yeah super small and they're yeah. they're just really cool and so it'd be fun to bring like even a bo- one box of ammo mm-hmm. and that and then you shoot you shoot a couple of grouse and yeah. you catch a couple of trout and you've got high country surf and turf yeah that sounds awesome
1: cool.
0: and that is somebody's car alarm <laughs> going off
1: classic
0: that's just gonna keep going too, yeah, isn't probably. it? I hope that's not mine. I think they'll figure it out. No. Nope. It's not, it's not yours. Hmm. Oh, I see someone speed walking through the parking lot, so I think it's about to go <laughs> off here in just a second. Um. I'm, anyways. I'm
1: curious what you're most excited about because you you've done so much hunting out in the Midwest. Like, what are you? What are you most excited about for being out in Utah?
0: So there's probably two things. One, like on a personal level, I'm excited to challenge like us to get close, you know, to have those really close encounters and to play the wind right and to move when we need to and to to watch an animal from maybe the three minutes that you get to see it while it's on its feet to like getting down in the shade of a tree and completely disappearing and then having to, drop down the mountain come back up and like be somewhat accurate of where we where we get to like that like, side of it i know
1: I can, when you're talking about this i can like feel it in my chest like picturing us being there
0: like i i'm in that's the other thing i'm like i'm i'm just picturing we were sitting there glassing and glassing i know that you've been in the backcountry. i don't know how much time you've spent behind like binoculars or mm-hmm. a spotting scope But that is one of my favorite things on the planet, like to just sit and look out over miles. Mm -hmm. And you're just picking, like you're looking for an ear flick or a hoof or a tail. And that might be the only thing that immediately catches your eye. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, there there he is. Mm -hmm. There's a deer. Uh, To sit in class. And then once we actually find an animal, yeah, to watch you, like to get a game plan. And I'm gonna be like, listen, Linnea. You're going to drop down this and we're going to figure out which way the wind's blowing and figure out what tree you have to get to in order to be close enough for a comfortable shot Mm -hmm. and then like for you to be looking back up at the mountain i'm like watching you through the binos (laughs) and then i'm like flagging you like right he's to the right you know like all of it it's just i don't know i'm so pumped about it me too it's it's coming quick too yeah, it is. Like, that's an early hunt. Yeah. Most of the time when I'm looking forward to hunting seasons, it's like October, November, which is awesome, but that's farther away. Mm-hmm. Yours starts in August. Yeah. And so we're really like two and a half months. Literally oh two gosh. and a half months away.
1: That's incredible. Yeah.
0: What? Oh. <laughs> She's like, like melting so in the seat in like right now. I'm like in
1: a different mode and like, I'm like right now doing this tiny home build and whatever and in Wisconsin, like not doing my normal life. so, I'm so zoned in in what I'm doing. I didn't even realize it was two and a half months. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be here so fast. Wow. So you said you're going to start shooting every day. Yeah. Make sure you're ready for it. Like the physical side of it. Do you have a range that you want to be comfortable with?
1: I mean, I would love to be comfortable at 50. Yeah. And I think I can be. Oh, for like, sure. Like, I have the time to shoot, and I, you know, I I think that that's definitely doable. So.
0: Yeah, if 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 you're shooting every day, mm-hmm. and there's so many things that people recommend, I mean, like, listen to podcasts about yeah. archery. Listen to John Dudley. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've watched any of his stuff. Um, but then, like, just talk to trainers, like, mm-hmm. archery trainers, there's so many little tweaks here and there that you can make or go to a bow shop, mm-hmm. you know, like bow you're gonna be have been the best, yeah, you've been around some of like the best bow shops in the country, mm-hmm. probably, or been close to them, yeah, and so like just pop in and be like, hey, critique me, yeah, like help me get to shooting a shooting a dollar at fifty yards, mm-hmm. you know, and people know how to do it, and you've got a great foundation already for it, mm-hmm. like we shot, we both bought our... We both brought our bows to Gutted mm-hmm. when it was airing, and it was like, oh, let's sneak away and shoot. And we thought we were going to shoot every day. We had like 12 <laughs> minutes to shoot, but we did, and it was fun. And like, yeah. you're a good shot. Thanks. And so just continuing to build on that foundation, mm-hmm. you're going to be ready.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Do you have, like, I know you've got field tips yeah. for your arrows. Do you already have broadheads, broadheads anything picked I don't. out? No.
1: That's something that I want to learn about more, you know, like especially as the time comes closer, what's best. And I, I hear so many different things and people are like, no, I swear by this guy. No, I swear <laughs> by this No, don't do that guy. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to work on shooting for now then.
0: Yeah. So. It's like everything in <clears throat> our world right now yeah. where it's like you either do this or you suck. Yeah. Or it's like only idiots use that type of product. And in all reality... There's a lot of good broadheads out there. Yeah. Like, I've got the ones that I use and that I'm super comfortable with, but also I'm stationary. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in a tree stand, and my broadheads are, they're mechanical, so they expand on impact. They've got a collar on them that's like a breakaway collar, so when it actually makes impact, it's allowed to open up. And I wouldn't, although I would swear by them if you're just, like, doing tree stand hunting. mm mm-hmm. If if you catch it on a limb, it might snap that collar, and then you have to replace the collar. Like, it could yeah. be a hassle in a hurry, and so I don't know that I'd recommend those.
1: Interesting. But, but you would think, though, with, like, even hunting from a tree stand, though, there's a lot of limbs in your way, right? I mean, I guess Yeah, but, like, so the only time there. you're
0: really moving the bow yeah. in a tree stand is when you're, like, picking it up and getting ready to draw back. That's but true. even then, like climbing up the tree stand or like mm-hmm. pulling an arrow out of the quiver and like actually getting it hooked on to the D loop or in front of the D loop. And like that I've had, I've had collars break or wow. I've, I've put stalks on deer in the woods. Like I had an opportunity at a doe last year and I like crept up. It was one of the coolest things ever. Like in thick woods, I got to like probably 25 yards mm-hmm. of a bedded deer. No idea that I was there. And, uh, but part, part way through that stalk, or I don't even think I had stalked it at that point. I was just walking through the woods. I looked down and my my blades were just kind of dangling because like one of them had caught something and busted that, busted the collar on it. So um, maybe a fixed blade. I don't know. We're going to have to do a lot of research for like what is the best broadhead for Western hunting.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'll reach out to people that I know that are hunting out there and see what they're using.
0: The other thing that's really cool about this is, I mean, you know how it works being an influencer. Yeah. It's always weird saying that, it is. um, being an influencer, like people are really interested in partnerships, especially in the outdoor space mm-hmm. for you being a first time hunter, mm-hmm. a female, someone that has a great following already. There might be a lot of people that are like, dude, I want to partner with you. Yeah. So we need to start exploring (laughs) some of that stuff. (laughs) Because there are a lot of really cool products that would help us out there. Like, I'm going to bring my spotter. I'm going to bring my binos. At that point, I'll have a second pair. And so, like, we'll be really set up. And Vortex, I mean, they make awesome products. Yeah. But even things like the Ultimate Predator Decoy, it's like a silhouette that you Mm -hmm. just to the front of your bow and now you can almost like you become invisible to the deer yeah not fully obviously but like I've watched people walk up to deer or antelope in pretty open country behind these things and they're just like oh look another deer how's it going
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you mentioned that before yeah that's interesting I had I don't know anything about
0: that. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch some videos. We'll figure out exactly like yeah. the strategy, what you feel comfortable with, because I also don't want to take away from like the purity of it. Right. If there's something like that where you're like, man, I feel like I'm tricking the yeah. animal. And like say that sits funny with you. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just nix that whole idea. Yeah. But to figure out really what your goal is for it, how you want it to play out mm-hmm. so that you can have the best experience possible out there we'll get that game plan together and then figure out what gear we need.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, like, you know me well enough now where you're like, okay, yeah, this makes sense that Linnea would or wouldn't want to do that. Or, you know, like, oh yeah, we've talked about this stuff so much that all of that. Yeah.
0: Switching gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. talked about a little while ago, the people who were super supportive about, like oh hey th- there's this unit that I hunt and there's yeah. deer everywhere. One thing you were really worried about with your following mm-hmm. and just the space that you're in was the negativity or being like shamed as a hunter yeah. and people taking it the wrong way. But like you're you're very open-minded and even some of the people on our team like Steffi, mm-hmm. she's a what is it pescatarian is that what I it's think called? So. She yeah. only eats fish, and but she's been open to conversations about it. Yeah. And not that she's like, I want to go kill something now. <laughs> but she she likes to learn about it and be informed about it. Mm-hmm. And like her opinions have changed a little bit. And even yesterday, she's like, Dan, I shot a gun. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Steffi, yes. And I'm like, yeah. you got to come shoot with me, like come hang out in Springfield. Um, but I know that was a big concern for you yeah. with sharing with your followers that yeah. you were going to get negative feedback. Have you experienced that or have people been pretty open to hearing about it?
1: Um I have experienced it and mostly people are really excited and supportive. Um I think that I was pretty strategic in the way that I started to share about it. I shared about the interest first and kind of my intentions behind it and then eventually people saw me with my bow and then people saw me shooting my bow and then I, you know, talked about the people I was um kind of not partnering with in the Influence way, but like my mentors and like, oh, Dan this and, and I, Tyler this and whatever. And then my tag, you know? So there's like this buildup. But within that time, yeah, there, there have been people that are really upset about the idea of me hunting. And I just try really hard to stay grounded in my knowing of, of what, why I'm doing it and what feels right for me because I eat meat. Like, bottom line, and that's usually what I tell people when they reach out, and they're like, how could you kill an animal? And it's like, well, because I eat meat, and I'm really removed, and I also really try to keep things, like, instead of being like, you're so removed from your food and blah, (laughs) blah, you know, I'm like, I understand that I'm quite removed. Like, I go to a grocery store, and I see this beautifully packaged thing that looks like a chunk of meat, and don't really, you know, you have no connection to that animal at all and I'm just going to buy it, and and I have much less gratitude for that. You know, we can say, like, oh, I'm so grateful for this food, but are you really, like, that you're so removed, can you really feel that animal's presence and and the gratitude that you have for that life? Um, And so I want to bridge that gap, and that's usually what I tell people. And the really cool part is, you know, of course, people are still like, well, that's horrible, like, you know, we must save all life. Oh, You're well, a
0: murderer. I'm going to kill your family. Yeah. yeah there's, there's
1: definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's kind of, like, two different things that that come to my mind. Um, and it's one one thing that if people are open to the conversation, I kind of bring up, um, like, have you ever spent some, like, true time in nature? Have you ever just observed or been there? Because the truth is that is that nature is pretty fr- – like, sorry, I was going to just – swear, I'm trying not to. It's really brutal.
0: You can say whatever let, you want. Let,
1: okay. It's pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, like, life and death and suffering. And and I think that people just have this crazy idea of what hunting is and that there's just people slinging arrows and, and shooting whatever moves. And once you actually learn and, and connect with hunters, that's not why they're out there, yeah. you know? But so you know that's kind of a conversation where it's like hey let's just like get down to the reality of it too along with intention and there are so many vegans and so many vegetarians that have reached out and they're like hey i don't eat meat but what you're doing is really cool like this is how we, we cool. would hope you know people would want to reconnect with their food or if they do eat meat that they'd want to learn actually where it comes from yeah. so that's been i totally did not expect that at all To have those people be like hey this is really cool i'm so excited to watch your journey like okay that's awesome like kudos to you guys you know thanks because we can do that like we can have two different opinions and and accept where each other are you know where we're coming from and that's so cool to me
0: that's a surprise i feel like that connection resonates with people really well especially, like, today's millennial hunters that didn't grow up with it that are just now learning about it and hearing about, like, hey, here's a healthy alternative to meat that you buy at a store. Mm -hmm. Like, you're against factory farming? Okay, we totally get that hunt. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, it seems like a really giant leap, like, oh, you don't like how animals are treated in factories. Go kill one yourself. Right. Uh, what? What? Yeah. But there's there's just this mindset that's shifting. And not that like all old school hunters were just like, Oh, let's go pull the trigger at everything. But people who are getting into hunting right now, I feel like are very, very educated and wanna have that connection mm-hmm. to nature. And you mentioned earlier, like you needed something deeper. Yeah. Because for most most humans we're spectators. Mm-hmm. We go out and it's not our home. Like we live in a comfortable spot. We don't spend very many times under open mm-hmm. skies. Like, we've got a roof over our head. We don't, we don't go with circadian rhythms at all. You know, we're not yeah. up with the sunrise. We're not going to bed with the sunset. And mm-hmm. so you just don't feel apart. You just feel like a spectator watching a sport. And when you get out and hunt, like, there isn't a whole lot that you can do that connects you more to nature than hunting fishing and gathering yeah and so i'm excited to see you kind of walk through that Mm -hmm. i'm excited for the emotions of it like dude i just got
1: goosebumps yeah yeah i know
0: i can't wait for you to just turn around like your eyes are huge and you're like (laughs) what just happened oh my gosh just the cool things that happen out there even like aside from sending an arrow at an animal Mm -hmm. like the experiences you have when you become an active predator in nature blow your mind.
1: Yeah. And and with that emotional aspect, it's going to be hard. I am very connected to animals. I love animals. I grew up trying to save every little tiny creature I found. And I think that that is really, really hard for people to grasp. Yeah. Especially if they're not in it, if they're not... Um, very close to to nature or not really a part of it. Like you were were mentioning that it's really hard for people to understand that there are hunters, many of them that deeply love nature and love animals and they are hunting them. And I think that that's a really hard um, like gap to bridge for people, you know? Yeah. And you know, when you were talking about kind of the comfort piece of, that we are spectators mostly unfortunately like we've created this really comfortable world and we're very removed from like what i was saying is the real world um it i just want everybody to go and buy the book <laughs> the comfort crisis <laughs> that is like my all-time favorite book i've read it four times and it just puts a lot of like what we're talking about it just puts so much of it in this like eloquent packaged easily digestible Chapters, you know? Yeah. And so if people don't understand or if they want, like, um, kind of a a different view or just to read a really, really good, impactful book, man, Comfort Crisis. And it all follows um, a story of a hunt that the author went on with Donnie Vincent with Donnie. (laughs) Donnie. Oh, dreamy Donnie. (laughs) Don. Yeah. So I just had to put that plug in there for people that are, you know, want to want to read a really good book and have some cool thoughts so
0: yeah go check that out yeah we've covered a lot of things that we're excited for yeah and we're preparing for is there anything that you're hesitant about or skeptical of or is it concern that you're like oh but when this happens or like what what are you worried about
1: i don't i i don't want there to be any suffering yeah and that's on me you know, that's going to be on me to prepare. So that's the only thing that I'm like, man, I want a a good, clean, close shot. Because if I'm going to take an animal and and do all of that, like... Because I want to do this for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. And so it's not like, you know, this is an important trip for sure. So that's the only thing that I think of where I'm like, oh, man, I just want a really a really good shot to give me the best opportunity to not create suffering for that animal. Um, other than that, though, I don't think that there's anything that I'm really skeptical of or, or worried about. Or,
0: Yeah, if you can, I mean, if you go out there confident in your abilities, confident in the gear, and happy with how much time you've spent preparing, yeah. like, that's one thing. You can be as confident, like... There's people with false confidence all the time. They're like, oh, no, man, I can hit it. Like, I've heard people talk about that with turkey hunting. Like, oh, dude, I can hit. the shotgun can, can shoot 80 yards, you know? Yeah. But it's like, do you practice at that? Like, do you 100%, like, all cards on the table, believe in yourself to do mm-hmm. it? Because that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get out there and you're just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Doubt can can ruin you and hurt you. Mm-hmm. But like I know that you're going to put in the time. Yeah. You're going to you're going to have the repetitions behind the bow and you're going to be so comfortable once we actually get out there and Yeah.
1: You know I can't what? Wait. Now that we're talking about this, um, the other thing is because this is my first time with big game the angles and understanding anatomy. Yeah. I think that's going to be like yeah, I can watch tons of videos on that and I can read about it and look at diagrams and all but you, you can't practice every single angle and, and yeah that's, that's one thing where I'm a little nervous about.
0: Have you, have you looked into the AccuBow at all? Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. So the AccuBow is it's basically I don't know if it's a molded or 3D printed bow. Mm-hmm. It's got like a surgical tubing mm-hmm. string on it You can still, it's got a D loop on that and you can change the surgical tubing out to kind of match your draw Mm -hmm. or like the poundage that you're shooting, but you still use your release. And then your phone actually mounts up where like the sight pick or your, um, your sights are, and it's like an app paired with it. And so you can actually practice shooting. You actually like hit your release and shoot. There's no arrow involved. But on your screen it's got nice. pins it does different shot angles and yardages and you know quartering two quartering away everything and so that might be something to look into i've been wanting to get one for that a long so time i just have not yeah i haven't done it yet but yeah they're like just the fundamentals like mm-hmm. the mechanics of it it helps with that and then it, hopefully the app is super accurate with like actual quartering away shots or you know if you're shooting down on an animal if right. you're up on a cliff and it's down below you like hopefully i can't imagine that it's like not accurate but yeah that might be something to look at because one is compact too so like you could just bring that and practice every day with that even when you can't get out I've and fire real arrows that.
1: that is so we're interesting. gonna okay
0: so what well what have we covered that we need to look up we need to look, we need to look that up what did i mention earlier video of something
1: video of something
0: i'm gonna have to look back i said i'd show you i was like oh we'll show i don't know yeah the listeners are like dude come on (laughs) you idiots um yeah so to practice that stuff the shot angles they're kind of tricky like Mm -hmm. they can be but really hopefully we can get you set up with a good broadside shot or we can get in position if one's you know cresting over a hill and we can get set up to where you're gonna have that that good angle the biggest thing is like quartering two shots are just tough yeah. and especially and honestly, on a I first animal yeah you them. just yeah. kind of shy away from that yeah because you have a giant shoulder and shoulder blade obstructing basically all the vitals yeah at that point and so we'll just we'll try to get a quartering away or perfectly broadside shot and maybe that's our criteria yeah it's all gonna happen well,
1: it is all gonna happen
0: what have, have you thought about what all you're gonna show or share on social media
1: you know a little bit um i think that a lot of what people hmm, how do i say this okay it's an interesting community um and i think whenever you get into any like niche community People make it, people are very attached to how others show up, um, the gear that they use, what they talk about, how they produce a video, whatever it may be, and in everything that I do, I'm just gonna make sure that it is 100% me. So, sounds like a dogfight out there. Um, So, I think a lot of people really focus on the kill a lot of the videos that I watch, it's all about the kill, which makes sense, you know, that's why people are hunting. Something that I want to make sure that I really cover with our trip, and maybe it's going to be one video, maybe it's going to be three, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be out there, but I want my viewers to see the entire experience. I want them to see all of the prep that we do and that I do, practicing leading up to it. I want like our time out in nature, because that's the bulk of it. It's us being out in the backcountry, like struggling, challenging ourselves, the time spent glassing, the time spent even preparing food or taking, you know, taking an afternoon just to go fly fish through the lakes up there, whatever it may be. And like that, I want them just immersed into that experience because yeah. my audience, they're not hunters, but they want to see the adventures that I go on and the things that I experience and what I learn from it. And so that, and, you know, YouTube is weird right now with the hunting world and what you can show and what you can't. I don't think that we can show processing the animal at all. That is so weird to me. I know. I think that it has to, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that you can show the animal, maybe the kill shot. I don't know that right now if they're changing that, but then the, like the meat can't look like the animal. I think like we can't show like a Butchering and, and, and doing, like, that aspect of the hunt, I don't think.
0: That's so, it's, it's very, I mean, it just kind of speaks to the culture and how removed we are oh, from our food. for sure. Because, it is ridiculous. Because, like, for a long time, I can't remember what their names were. Like, the, back, the backyard boys, like, they did barbecue. They smoked meat. They were one of the top YouTube channels, like, when YouTube really mm-hmm. started taking off. And the whole thing was them cooking meat, right? Yeah. And so it's like, you're totally fine with every, like, all of the, like, dirty work being done. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when it comes time to make something tasty, you're good with it. But I'm like, man, I feel like, as a whole, we just all need to be more connected to where our food comes from. And that doesn't, that's not just with meat like that's with fruit and vegetables too like the amount of food that we get that gets thrown out just because it doesn't look like you know the little the little puzzle piece that your kid gets with a Mm -hmm. beautiful red perfectly round (laughs) apple or like a banana or a zucchini like fruits look weird when you actually farm them when you have a garden (laughs) they are so weird looking the shapes that they come out in that's just how it is yeah, But yeah, people are like, oh, I'm not eating that one. That one looks weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's perfectly good. It gives you all the same vitamins and nutrients as the other one. Yeah. It's just a different shape. And I mean, how
1: it's all produced too. Yeah. Like all the impact of how those are produced and everything going on with that. And yeah, I totally agree.
0: See, that's one. I mean, I, I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds on this, but like one of the I know exactly Big arguments you're <laughs> I've heard, like, uh, well, like yeah. vegans are like, oh, how could you do that to animals? And then it's like, well, look at how many animals are killed just to produce the vegetables that we eat. Like so many animals are displaced, lose the their habitat. Of it. Yeah, the habitat, there's so much that, to it. Yeah. And it's not that I want to like shame people like, oh, well, you're doing this. But just to make people aware, hey, everything we do, we're consumers. We are very heavily consumers. Mm-hmm. Everything we do has an impact. One of the really big things that I like about hunting and really any outdoor activity is how much goes back, like the taxes that come off of hunting and fishing equipment goes back to habitat improvement or like the organizations that I'm a part of. One thing that we should look at, I don't know if you've become a member of any of the conservation organizations Mm -hmm. like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or I don't know the name of the mule deer one. I really should. But maybe we look at that and yeah. say, hey, listen, if we're going to do this, we're going to become a part of this organization. I'm like, We're yeah. going to go and, you know, reap the benefits of what the hard work that they've put in yeah. to, like, bring, bring populations up and restore numbers. And mm-hmm. so maybe we look at that too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for some maybe people that are really new to this, just for context, I think this tag is going to cost me about $500. Yep. Just for the opportunity. You know, that doesn't guarantee anything. No, that's that just, just the opportunity. That
0: definitely does not guarantee yeah. success. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that, you know, and a lot of that's going back to what we get to do. And yeah. People
0: and... people have a hard time swallowing the money side of it too.
1: Oh my gosh, I did.
0: Like $500. Like, that is ridiculous. $500 is a lot of money. Yeah. But I I try to keep in mind in like share the perspective that even if you don't have typical success where you shoot an animal and bring mm-hmm. it home, you can have a very successful trip mm-hmm. without ever killing something. Right. Like think about, Hey, for $500 Linnea, you could go hang out in the wilderness for a whole month <laughs> and see the coolest things you've ever seen in some of the most beautiful country you've ever been in for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You might also get a shot at a mule deer and bring home 70 pounds of really good clean meat. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, all for 500 bucks? <laughs> you know, yeah. but when it's like, "Hey, I'm paying for a green or yellow or orange or whatever color slip of paper that says I can kill an animal," you're like, "$500? Are you kidding me?" Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be an adventure either way. We're gonna it have is. a lot of fun and hopefully this gets you hooked <laughs> and makes you want to do it more i know i Feel know the well. emotions are coming and yeah. so that's one of the things that sometimes i lose sight of like mm-hmm. for people who are unfamiliar with it like there is a lot of emotion that goes into it yeah and even for me there's certain hunts and i i don't know why there's no like algorithm for it where certain animals that i shoot there's just like more i don't know there's just like a rush of emotion when it happens. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's just like watching some movies. Now that I'm a father of a daughter, (laughs) I get choked up at stupid (laughs) crap. And it makes me so mad. I love that. I watch stuff and I'm like, oh no, babe, bug's in my eye. Like, I'm totally fine. That is
1: so funny. And,
0: but I feel like it's the same thing with hunting. Yeah. There's certain animals that there's just some strange tie... that i can't explain and and i've got to keep that in mind especially for you Mm -hmm. somebody who loves animals which i'm an animal lover yeah to go out and experience this like yeah there's going to be so many aspects to the journey
1: yeah and i think like i want you to know too how grateful i am that i'm doing this with you like i feel like since we connected it was almost the universe being like hey like this is your dude like, here he is. Like, take him up on all this stuff, you know? <laughs> in that we just met when we did. And, I mean, I know our first hunt didn't work out for various reasons. But now it's, like, it's go time. And we have this connection. We understand each other. And we've already been in the backcountry. And I'm just so excited and so grateful. It's going to be. It's going to be a yearly thing oh, at least once a year.
0: It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And the nice thing is, like, you both have family in Wisconsin. Yeah. Like there's other hunting opportunities, mm-hmm. but I know for you and your style and like just your level of activity, mm-hmm. sitting in a tree sand probably isn't the right thing for you the <laughs> yeah. first hunt, You're I like, really, been. this is so dumb. Like, <laughs> let's get out and move. Yeah. Um, and so I'm pumped for it. Do you, this might be looking way forward because, you know, you haven't even done your first big game hunt. Is there something that you're, really wanting to do down the road? Is there any type of hunt that you're like, this is a bucket list. Like, I really want to go and do this or experience this place. Mm-hmm. Have you thought farther ahead than just this hunt yet?
1: I mean, I'm sure it's no surprise that a, an elk hunt for sure is something that I want to do. But I know we talked about this before where I'm like, I need to work up to that. Yeah, You know, and <clears throat> get a lot of experience under my belt or um, go like even just go on hunts with like not having the tag myself, you know, and just experiencing other people's knowledge and backcountry skills and all that stuff. But, um, of course, Alaska popped in my mind, always. <laughs> but you know, is that really realistic? And
0: it 100% actually, is. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it would be really neat, especially because I might be up there for a while in the coming years and. Spending, you know, spring, summer, fall up there in the van, it would just be a really cool, unique. I mean, it's incredible wilderness.
0: Hey, don't forget little old Dan when you go up there. Well, I know that's why I'm telling (laughs) you.
1: Of course, you have to go up there with me.
0: (laughs) We we need to plan a trip because you haven't been yet, have you? Mm -mm. We need to go up there because just the fly fishing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (gasps) Alaska is Alaska's my mistress. <laughs> like <laughs> Sam's always like You're not gonna leave me for somebody, are you? You're never gonna leave me. And I'm like, if I left you for anything it'd be Alaska <laughs> like that is But she loves it just as much yeah. as I do. So we would not leave each other. We'd both just go there. Yeah. Uh, Alaska though is unreal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, talk about like the hunting and the fishing. I don't know if I no. told you about this like you've you 've kind of been with us as we 've been trying to find property in a house. Yeah. My buddy drew sent me this little fish shack on in southeast Al- East Alaska on like five acres, and like you have to take a boat you know <gasps> there 's no other way to get there, and it 's like one hundred and sixty thousand dollars and i 'm like oh <gasps> oh, I want to buy it so bad. You
1: should. You know
0: how cool that would be? It
1: would be so cool. It's ty-
0: I mean, it's like the size of this school bus. Yeah. And it's got like a little dock out on the front of it that Damn, drops straight that into would the be water. So I'll cool. see if I can find the link because, yeah, he sent it to me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want it. And I showed Sam, and she's like, that is so awesome. We should totally get that. But also, we need to move out of my mom's attic first. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're... My goal is to one day to have a fish shack (laughs) in Alaska that we can just go to, like black-tailed deer hunt, go halibut (sighs) fishing, lingcod, bear. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything, as an animal lover, as someone who's fairly new to the sport, are there animals that are, like, super off limits for you? Is there something that you're like, no, absolutely not. I have no interest. If
1: I'm not going to eat it, I'm not going to hunt it.
0: But anything you would eat? Anything I would
1: eat, I would... I would hunt I'm not interested in hunting cougar.
0: Cause there's something that I talked to you about or I mentioned and you you took a big deep breath of air.
1: What was it? Was it the mountain lion? No. Was it bear? No. Was
0: it It's much smaller.
1: It's much smaller? Oh, coyote.
0: No. Oh what's it smaller?
1: Smaller than a coyote?
0: It was a frog. <gasps> uh
1: uh-uh. uh. <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not i cannot they i have a soft loving warm place in my heart for frogs okay i can't do it so
0: i won't invite you frog No. no okay.
1: no dan i cannot do that Amphib- <laughs> no i can't kill that's can't really kill snakes, interesting amphibians. that's I, lo- I know
0: that's so interesting because i feel like most people it's like mammals they're connected to, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" But if you were to say, "Like, oh, I killed the snake," they'd be like, "Oh, I hate snakes."
1: Well, but that actually you... really bothers me. The disconnect of like, why is some life more important than other? Like, I could, I could never kill a snake, but I also won't eat one. Actually, I would probably eat a snake. I would try. A snake. I heard rattlesnakes were yeah. really good. Yeah, I would eat. I would eat one. But no, frogs. I grew. I grew up like cuddling frogs. I just. I, can't I grew do up it. cuddling frogs. <laughs>
0: <Dude>. <laughs> also, that's one thing that I had just mentioned to Sam right before we started mm-hmm. recording. I'm going to keep a journal of all the funny <laughs> things that I hear you say all throughout this trip. And it's going to be so good. I'm just going to publish a book. Okay. Like, I'm going to think of a really creative name for it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will.
0: And people are going to love it.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Like, things like, I grew up cuddling frogs. <laughs> It's a perfect title for the book, Cuddling Frogs. (laughs) Anyways, Uh, we won't take too much time because we are here with the rest of our team. We're about to go to breakfast or coffee or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm just so pumped. It's going to be amazing. We got to figure out food too. Yeah. What we want to do for food. Mm -hmm. Some people are like super intense. I think Remy Warren doesn't bring a jet boil at all. Mm -hmm. And he like cold cooks his mountain house so he just pours water in Mm -hmm. and then he'll just wait an hour for it to you know saturate I love a warm meal in the backcountry there's something about it
1: I'm gonna be having my coffee every morning I'm not that's my favorite favorite if I when I'm in the backcountry, my morning cup of coffee sitting in complete silence with nothing around me except for whatever I see Birds and the, with oh. nothing
0: around me except all of creation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nothing around me as far as humans go. I know you'll be there. But just like taking it all in with my warm coat. Favorite, favorite time ever in my days in the backcountry.
0: Well, just wait until so we're doing hard. that with like, well, it's probably going to be pretty warm. I was going to say like yeah, in our we'll sleeping bags. Yeah, we'll be elevation. Yeah, I we mean, will. That,
1: that unit. Yeah. I think it'll be just transitioning into fall weather it honestly might be perfect
0: to be like warming up though in the morning like yeah, you get up and you're I like know. a little chilled from the night and then you just get set up behind a tripod and you're just like glassing that's <laughs> yeah. the best part of the day for me it's gonna be so
1: great we also we just have a lot to figure out like how many days do we want to be out before we restock how, like do we want a sort of base camp do we want to you know pack up everything you know there's just so much to We have so many options out there. It's just really vast.
0: We do. There's a lot to talk through and a short amount of time. I know. Didn't, like, coming into this conversation, even for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, in, like, seven months. That's what it feels like. Two and a half months. Yeah. Two and a half months.
1: Crazy. But also, I love having something like that to look forward to. Yeah. Like, I will, when we were preparing for last year's hunt... For like a month, I would go to sleep, and like i couldn 't sleep because I was so excited, or i 'd dream about hunting or I 'd dream about shooting because of the excitement and like the anxiety in like a positive way, you know, and all the things that I had to do and and what could happen, and just we both know the the you know the opportunities of what can be seen out there, yeah and so it 's like all of the excitement of everything. I'm just going to be dreaming about this now for the next two months. Oh, it's going to be my so mind. good. I know.
0: All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for this one. Cool. Obviously there's going to be a follow-up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring my gear out with me. Maybe like to the van. Mm-hmm. I'll have it there, but my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I do want to get is an in reach. I have I one. Oh, you do mm-hmm. sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that'll be great. Just communicate. You know, because, yeah. like, Sam and the kids will be there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's coming up. And
1: then we're going to film it all.
0: We're going to film it, and we're going to do nightly recaps. Yeah. Like, just 10, 15 minutes. Like, this was what was amazing from today. We're eating quail and trout right now. <laughs> Anyways. Well, yeah. thanks for hopping on. Uh, actually, before we hop off, where can people find you?
1: Ah, oh, yes. Linnea and Akila. On pretty much all platforms,
0: yeah. Sweet. I'll put a link in the episode. Okay,
1: awesome.
0: And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's always fun when I get to sit down and talk with friends, especially people that are getting into hunting. Like, nothing excites me more than hunting with new people, and I am so pumped about this, and I can't believe we're only a couple months away from it. I feel like I need to be... (laughs) Like, you know that feeling when you've got a hunt coming up or you've got a big trip planned and you're like, shoot, I haven't started really doing a whole lot for this. That's kind of the feeling that I got when we discovered that we're only a few months out. So lots to do over the summer and we're gonna be tackling this thing pretty quickly here. So you guys are gonna have to stay tuned and see how that hunt plays out. We're gonna be out there for quite a while. I mean, luckily we both have that time freedom where we can be out there hunting a ton um i think me and my family are going to be pretty mobile at that point living in a camper traveling around the country and so i don't know it could end up being a super long super fun hunt hopefully we get it done quickly and we're not out there for like 40 days but anyway stay tuned see how that all goes and until next time get out there and chase a new adventure